You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. In 1977, Voyager 1 and 2 were launched into outer space by NASA. They were sent to explore our neighboring planets and then released into the solar system and the uh, universe, the galaxy, to take pictures and send back information to the Earth. On these two spacecrafts that were sent out were included a time capsule, a time capsule in both of them. And these time capsules included a collection of items that represented Earth and mankind. Uh, on the, in these time capsules that were put in these spacecrafts uh, were 115 different images Greetings recorded in 55 different languages. They also included recorded sounds such as volcanoes, the wind, earthquakes, rain, whales, sheep, crickets, birds, laughter, and they even included the sound of a kiss in this recording. They included, that's right, that's what it sounds like. Thank you. They also, thank you, Louise, for the... um, They also included a drawing of a man and a woman. They also included a written statement from then-President of the United States, Jimmy Carter, and a statement from then-United Nations Secretary General, Kurt Waldheim. They also included 90 minutes of some of the best music ever recorded in the planet. Of course, the original Broadway soundtrack for Hamilton was included as well. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, they included Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, Stravinsky, and they even included Chuck Berry. There was music recorded from Senegal, Australia, Indonesia, Japan. All of this was put on these spacecrafts, these two spacecrafts, as they were sent. The idea was that as humans, we were thinking as these spacecraft travel through outer space, if they come across intelligent life, they could... They could look at what was in there and have some sort of understanding of who we are as humans. It was an attempt to connect with the beyond. You know, December 25th is Christmas. And though the Bible never tells us the exact day that Jesus was born, it is the day that the world comes together and celebrates the birth of Jesus. And I thought about, and I think about, as, as, as I mentioned, as man, sort of through rocket ships, tries to connect with the beyond, Christmas is really the story of the beyond trying to connect with us. That's what Christmas is. You know, as NASA purposely and very methodically organized specific items to represent mankind as it sent these rockets into outer space. God, through Jesus, purposely coordinated specific events and a specific person to teach us what he was all about. And that's the story of Jesus. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 1, and listen to what God is trying to say to us today as we listen to the message from beyond. And if you 
need some some visualization, you can look to my left here and see the uh, whole uh, scenery set up for you here. Let's read Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her, until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the story that you've probably heard many times in your life about the actual birth of Jesus. But I believe this is more than just a list of events. This is actually part of a greater message from beyond, a message that God is trying to teach us and communicate with us. And I think there's a lot of things, even in this little passage, that God is trying to say to us Let me share a couple with you this morning. First message, from God, from beyond, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. You know, this time of year, uh, people love to send out Christmas cards, right? Maybe you are planning to do some Christmas cards. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever gotten these Christmas cards, people will take some time and type out a little bit summary maybe of their year, you know, and fold it up and put it in with the card and it arrives. And so you not only get a Christmas card, but you also get a list of all the things that have happened in somebody's life and this has happened and this has happened. But usually, usually it's good news, right? Very rarely will somebody, you know, include in their list of what happened all the bad things that happened to them. Right, you know, you're, you, usually you don't get. Well, it's been a it's been a great year for the family. Uh, we got evicted earlier this year. Uh, our car was stolen. I lost some money in the uh, stock market, uh, and uh, and I got this terrible mole on my back. I mean, nobody like, you know, these are not things that people usually include in uh, in their uh, in their good news that they share. Why? Because oftentimes we're not comfortable with this whole idea of being vulnerable. We're not comfortable with saying, all right, here's where I'm at. Here's how I'm really doing. Here's how I really feel. Here's what's really going on. We're not comfortable with that. But one of the messages that comes from God through the baby Jesus is that you can be vulnerable. Vulnerability is very uncomfortable. Even this past week, I was having lunch with some friends. We were sitting at a table. And one of my friends wasn't even talking to me. He was talking to another guy that was at the table. They were talking and they were chatting. And he said something. And I'm sitting there and I overheard it. And I just just chimed right in, sort of pushed my way right into the conversation. Made a funny comment, you know, sort of 
turn the attention. Yeah, it was funny. Everyone was laughing. Turn the attention on myself in a conversation that I wasn't even involved in. And everybody laughed and, and, and you know, ha, ha, ha. It was funny. It was great. And one of another friend who was sitting at the table, she looked at me and she said, just very innocently, she said, Phil, were you a middle child? I was like, oh, all right. I say, if if you're referring to, you know, my incessant need to have attention and make myself the center of everything, yeah, I guess, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was a middle child, right? And I felt super, you know, and it was, you know, and I was like, ah, I just felt very, like, vulnerable all of a sudden because I knew what she was asking and, uh, and, and what she was, kind of the point that was being made there. I thought, all right, it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable feeling vulnerable. And that's why we shy away from it. That's why we don't do it. That's why we're not men and women who are willing sometimes to just say, here's where I really am. Here's my weakness. Here's, my, here's where I fall short. Now we're eager sometimes to share maybe somebody else's weakness, but not our own. And the message from beyond is it's okay to be vulnerable. God came as a baby. We have babies in here. We've had a lot of babies this year. Not me personally, but our, as a ministry, as a church, we have babies. And there are few things on this planet that are more needy than a baby, right? I mean, think about it. A baby, a baby relies on their parents for everything. Food, clothing, cleanliness, protection, everything. And this doesn't always stop when you're a baby. They grow up and they become adults and they still rely sometimes on parents for everything. But there's very few things on this planet that are as needy as a baby. Such a vulnerable, vulnerable state. And yet that's how God said, here's how I'm going to come. Here's how I'm going to make my grand entrance. I'm coming as a vulnerable baby. You know, this is a theme that runs all throughout the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Bible teaches us that God's power is at its best when we're weak. It's opposite of what we think. We think, I've got to be strong. got to be strong. got to be tough. Nope. Not if you want God. You can, but if you want the power of God, you want God's power, you got to be weak. You gotta be weak. James 4 teaches us that God's grace is accessible when, when? When we're humble. That's what James 4 teaches us. God's grace is accessible when we're humble. 1 John 1 teaches us that we will find purification and forgiveness when we do what? Confess. This is a theme over and over and over in the scriptures. It's okay to be vulnerable. In fact, that is when we truly will find the power of God. When we're weak, we're humble, we confess. The question is to you and to me, questions to all of us is, are we listening to the message? Are we listening to the message? The message from beyond... Are we allowing ourselves to be vulnerable? Are we opening ourselves up? Philippians 2 
verses 5 through 8, says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. What is one of the messages from beyond? What is God trying to tell us? What's he trying to teach us? He's trying to say, it's okay to be vulnerable. What else is he trying to teach us? It's okay to be vulnerable. And he's also trying to teach us that I will redefine normal. God is saying it's okay to be vulnerable. And God is also saying through Jesus, I will redefine normal. You know, when you look at this story of Joseph and Mary, it is not the ideal dating situation, is it? I mean, it's really not, right? I mean, we all know how dating's supposed to work, right? We all have in our mind, you see somebody across the crowded room, you know, the, the, the room parts, the sun comes down, the lights shine, you just fall in love, and you, you, you float together, and then from there you just live happily ever after, right? That's what we think is normal, right? But if that's normal, this is nothing like that. Let's, let's look at it again, right? Let's look at back there in Matthew chapter 1. He says, he says uh, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel shows up right, of the Lord and says to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill some scriptures. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. There is nothing normal about this. I mean, think about it. Here's Joseph who's engaged to this woman. Everything is great. Everything is amazing. And then, oops, finds out, wow, she's pregnant. And it's not his baby. It wasn't him, right? So he, being a kind man, being a righteous man, decides, all right, we're going to end this thing, but we're going to do it quietly. I don't want to embarrass her. Okay, that's great. That's his elaborate plan. Then an angel shows up to him in a dream and says, hey, dude, bad idea. No, no, no. This is, this is not what you need to do. What you need to do is you absolutely need to marry this woman because the baby that's inside of her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and he's going to basically save the whole wide world. So he wakes up and goes, all right, cool, let's get married. And then they get married, and the Bible says they have no union until after the baby's born. All right, I mean, so in other words, there ain't no honeymoon. All right? I'm just saying, the message from beyond is, I will redefine what you think is normal. There is nothing that felt far from normal than this scenario, but there was nothing that was more godly than this scenario. This was created by God. 
And so God says to us through the message of Jesus is, hey, listen, I'm going to redefine what you think is normal. Think about your life. Think about what your life has been like since you started following God. Would you say normal? (laughs) I mean, I know we all have the moments of what we think is normal, but would you really say that? Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the life of Mary and Joseph. Welcome to the life of anybody who's tried to be a spiritual person on an earthly planet. It's not going to be normal. We're going to redefine what normal is. And this happens all throughout the Bible. Genesis chapter 6. God comes to a man who'd never seen rain in his life and said, Hey dude, it's going to rain so much that there's going to be a flood. So here's what I want you to do. Build a boat. Have a nice day. Right? I mean, that's not what you would think is a normal thing. Right? In 1 Samuel chapter 16... God goes to a young, obscure, almost forgotten shepherd kid and says, you, you're going to be king. You're going to be the king of the whole nation. Man, redefining what's normal. Nehemiah chapter 1. God goes to a royal official with a cush job and says, you, you're going home and you're going to build a wall. A what? A wall. Following God means he is going to redefine what you and I think normal is. A lot of times, this is for me, maybe it's true for you too, a lot of the turmoil I feel in my life is that collision. That collision of what I think it's supposed to be and what God is actually doing. That is a lot of the inner turmoil I feel. And so like Jesus In the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew chapter 26, I often have to just get on my face and say, God, help me. Not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. And if if Jesus had to say it three times, I usually got to say it at least three times. Three times is a starting point, right, for most of us, right? You get on your knees, you say, God, this is what I would like, but clearly you're going a different direction. This is what it means. This is the message from beyond. Mary and Joseph's life was just disrupted. It was totally disrupted. Totally different than what anybody would think was normal. But it was absolutely the plan of God. That's probably why there are scriptures like Proverbs 3, verse 5. that just very simply says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Should I read that again? Anybody? I'll read it. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Are you listening to God? Are you hearing the message from beyond? Are you letting God lead. I will redefine normal. One more. Let me share with you one more. It's okay to be vulnerable. I will redefine normal. And another message from beyond that we find here in this passage is this. I am with you. I 
and with you. This is God speaking to us through the birth of his son. I am with you. You know, in this passage, the baby's given two names. Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And Jesus, which means the Lord saves. Both of them emphasize this message from beyond, which is God saying, I am with you. You know, it's a simple message. But if you are like me, it's an easy message to forget. It's an easy message to know in your mind. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Check. All right, next. What's next? But it's a hard one to hold on to, especially when things seem dark or things seem difficult or challenging in our lives. It's hard to hold on to the fact that God says and sent his son as a baby on this planet to emphasize and even name the baby. I'm with you. I'm with you. This is a message from God. God didn't have to say that. God didn't have to do that. But God says, I am with you. This is a message from him. You know, the power in our life is due to the proximity that we have to God. The good things that happen to us, the changes the love that, God, that, that we feel, the relationships, the strength, the, 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 the positive things that we share, it's not because of us, but it's because of our proximity to God. Years ago, I was asked to lead a prayer at a ceremony at West Point. It was a graduation ceremony. And I showed up for this prayer, and I was the only person in a suit and tie I showed up and I stuck out because everybody was in their camouflage battle dress uniforms, right? And they were getting ready for this ceremony. And I looked and I saw a group of men that looked like they were in charge. So I went over to them. And sure enough, they were standing there talking about how the event was going to go before the event happened. And one of them was a brigadier general, the commandant, the then commandant at West Point. As I stood there with them and talked to them, Uh, the commandant, knowing that I really didn't know how this worked, but I was going to lead a prayer and didn't totally know how to do this, he said, Phil, listen, just follow me, all right? Just stick with me, and when I tell you it's time, that's when you do your prayer. I said, okay, great. And so they began the ceremony, and as I walked out onto the parade field with the commandant, as I walked out there, 150-plus men snapped to attention. And I remember thinking, yeah. I'm like, this is how it should be. Right? Finally, people who recognize. Please refer to my middle child syndrome. But but in that same second that I thought, yeah, I had another thought, and that was this. Hey, Phil, it's not you. It's the Brigadier General who's standing right next to you. My point is this. The power in our life is not you or me. The power in our lives is our proximity to the creator of the world. And that is the message that he tried to communicate to you and to me 
through Jesus coming to this planet as a baby and giving him the name, I am with you. I'm here. I'm going to save you. I'm with you. And if we can just stay close to him, that's when we will be safe. Hebrews 13, verses 5 through 6, it says, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The writer knew that it was God's proximity that gave him strength. God's never going to leave us. So what can man do? What can really happen to us? It's message. It's the message from beyond. I am with you. Voyager 1 and 2 were launched almost 40 years ago. And they continue to this day to send back amazing information and photos about our universe and about deep space. But after 40 years, as far as we know, they've not connected with anything else out there. No one has found the time capsule that we know of There's been no response and no connection. So today I want to say this. Don't be like Voyager. You don't have to keep looking. The beyond has come to you. The beyond is here. God came in the form of a baby. And brought a message with him. The message, it's okay to be vulnerable. I will redefine what you think is normal. I am with you. So the question for me and for you today is this. Are we listening? Are we listening to the message from beyond? If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology... God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. Let us listen to the message from beyond. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com.